0: Well welcome this morning to Conversations from the Front Porch. This is Leslie Cordy, your host. We are lucky to have with us this morning, Nuala McGinn from National University of Ireland in Galway. She is the director for the Center for Adult Learning and Professional Development. Um, she has over 25 years of experience working with adults and the development within the Institute of Technology at the university, and uh, she has the responsibility for directing all of the university's part-time programs um, that have to do with flexible models of course delivery for the adult learners, especially in partnership with the universities and industry. Uh, Nula is a member of the West Regional Skills Forum Steering Group and a board member on uh, HELEN, which is Higher Education Ireland Lifelong Learning Network. Welcome, Nula.
1: Good morning, Leslie, and thanks for having me.
0: We are so excited to talk with you this morning, and we're going to talk specifically with you this morning about a a very important topic that has to do with how this pandemic um, is shaping change excuse me excuse me how this pandemic is changing the shape of education especially as it has to do with your university and your programs Um, so tell us a little bit nula about what happened um, in terms of the immediate measures that were implemented at your university in terms of the pandemic yes well it's been
1: quite a few months since Our lockdown, it was around March 12th for us in Ireland and we had to do a lot of work around, I suppose, finishing out the term. So we had a lot of emergency teaching measures to put in place and I suppose we were fortunate in that we were almost at the end of term. We only had about three to four weeks left of teaching. And in the Centre for Adult Learning and Professional Development, where I work directly, most of our programmes were in the blended learning format already. So we just had to move the workshop component where we would have met the students face-to-face to to an online session. And that was really for maybe the last module or two that was left uh, in the series. And in the full-time programmes, it was much more drastic. All of the last few weeks of teaching had to be moved online. And so I suppose a variety of things were used. Um, Presentations and lectures were were pre-recorded using PowerPoint. Uh, In some cases, they were accompanied with some podcasts that could be listened to separately. Uh, We used screencasting and I suppose these asynchronous tools were used to impart the theory and were supported then by discussion boards and then some live sessions as well. We use Blackboard in the university as our virtual learning environment. So we had some live sessions uh, organized uh, for maybe shorter presentations and live discussions and, and that was very useful now it was new for the students. It was uh, maybe new for some staff as well. Okay. It was all very scary it was so fast uh, but I think overall we managed quite well but I, I would say there were definitely emergency teaching measures and and it did vary across disciplines as well
0: all right so but in your in your experience, you know I guess there was there a range of obviously a range of technologies that were used and a range of of skills. What was the overall uh, sort of the per- perception by the, f- the faculty or your instructors in terms of what this meant in terms of teaching?
1: Well I think for, for many of them it, it just pushed them to get content ready up front. So as you can imagine in the live lecture staff and, and academics will come in and for some of them they may just have fi- finalized it. a a lecture maybe that morning or the night before. Uh, We we tend to do a lot of tweaking I suppose before we deliver lectures but this in the online environment we really have to be ready ahead of time and particularly if we're asking students to engage in a live session there's a a perception and an expectation that content will be maybe covered or read in in advance of the session and then when you come to class that it's for the more discussive components and the active components so there's a lot more preparation involved and I suppose also there's a lot more thinking through that needs to be done about the different engagements that can happen just naturally in the live lecture and they have to be almost designed in the online environment.
0: I think that's that's key Nula what you just said a a lot of uh, things were uh, you covered in terms of We do just in time teaching, uh, you said, right, for the face to face, even though we're prepared, right, we do tweak it perhaps before, but it's difficult to do that more in the online environment. And then having the expectation that the student perhaps views the lecture or the materials beforehand and then has Mm -hmm. the live discussion. um, Some people have difficulties, right, in terms of facilitating uh, those discussions. Rather than even though they do those discussions in the face to face environment, it's a, it's sort of a different perception as to how that is, uh, is facilitated in the online environment. Well, That's it sounds like your, your folks were in pre- mostly were prepared, right? Except for the, the longer sessions. What about the students? Well, for
1: them, for many of them, it was a complete shock in the sense that most of them had to go home. Um, The recommendation was to go home and take your classes online from your home. And in the university, we would have a lot of students coming from the island of Ireland, but also we would have had a lot of international students. So for the most part, they would have gone home. And then in Ireland, and I'm sure it's not unlike parts of the United States, that there's a lot of different uh, levels of connectivity. So broadband can vary from town to town, county to county. So that was an issue for people. What was their level of access to broadband and also then I suppose students may not have had access to the right computer equipment, yes. some of them may not have had a laptop for example, they all mostly would have phones but and some will have laptops but as you can imagine libraries across the country closed down, any information centres or citizens uh, advice centres where people may access some uh, internet connections, they were all closed down. So unless students had access, and I know a lot of them did have uh, some difficulties, it was going to be problematic for them. And I think this became more apparent when we consider the alternative exams assessments that we had to do. So traditionally we would have had um, invigilated, as we term them, or in your terms, proctored exams, for For the mainly the full time students, but for the our part time learners a, a number of them would uh, courses would have already been assessed by continuous assessment, but some would have had an examination component and at that stage of the year, a lot of our exam papers had been set, and they would have been vetted by our external examiners uh, uh, protocols, so we had to rethink assessments
0: and, oh let's yeah. talk about that,
1: yeah. So, for example, we would have had a lot of our courses would have had a, a timed exam and they would have expectations that students would come in to a big hall, as you can imagine, and sit down and do a written exam. So right. or for courses which lent themselves to continuous assessment or essays that students would have done maybe over a, an extended period, that was made available. So, for example, some of the humanities subjects or some of the law subjects would have been able to turn their exam assessments around to that type essay submission. But then in other areas, we would have done, uh, we would have used the existing timetable and ran timed exams through our virtual learning environment. So the paper would be released online at a certain time and students were given the time uh, normally allocated in the timetable to write the the paper, and we would have given them about another half hour to uh, scan the written documents or to upload the typed exam to our online uh, system. In math. But again, that would have been a new skill for some students who, for example, for maths or for some of the science subjects, they would have handwritten their exam. Right. So, we uh, trained them, or we gave them uh, information around software, which would be just uh, to scan your actual ex- essay, and we would have adv- advised them how best to save the documents as one P- one PDF and upload them to the uh, to the online learning system, and that had its problems. You had yeah. To
0: I mean, what if they didn't have the software, right? Because even though some of those products to make PDFs are fine or free to Mm -hmm. read and look at, right? They're not necessarily free to create the document, the PDF document, or they may not have had access to the scanner, as you said, right? Because some of the libraries and other areas were closed. Well,
1: what we did was we got them, we advised um, Office Lens, to be the application that they would use. And that is something they could do with their phones. And they could collate collate the document with the phone and upload it to the OneDrive because with uh, students in our university have all have access to a Microsoft uh, account. So you were able to use OneDrive and and then save their document there and upload it to the online learning system. Oh, excellent.
0: Okay, so I've learned something new. Very good. Yeah. And the
1: other thing we would have done was in our, black, in our online learning system in Blackboard, we would have used the MCQ function for some exams. Uh, so rather than just set them up as a yes, no answer or multiple choice, we would have used the extended essay as a, a setup yeah. function in the, uh, in the tool. And that was another way in which we were able to use uh, the, the, the learning environment as, um, as an assessment tool. So it was all as as I can explain very inventive and, and we had to stretch ourselves to kind of think of different ways in which we could make sure students could engage but it was certainly something that we were, were, were finished our exams since just last week and I with notwithstanding some issues of connectivity and some technical problems that students had if they went off pretty well. So we're, we're quite happy with that.
0: Okay, well, that's good. So, you know, you have quite a large, I know you have a large program because you include the part time program. So you gave the information perhaps to the, to the faculty and the instructors first, and then you had it set up so that the students would be supported in, in, in yes. similar ways. Is that, is that correct?
1: That's right and at the university the Centre for Excellence in Learning and Teaching would have set up a help desk and all students were encouraged to download the software in advance. They were all encouraged to trial it and they were encouraged to ring the help desk if they had uh, difficulties. In the Centre for Adult Learning and Professional Development we went one step further and we organized for every student to get a 10-minute consultation with our program administrators where we went through any technical issues they might have had, uh, worked through them on all aspects of of the exam because for many of them they were busy professionals, they were minding children at home, some of them, they were all working at home. So there was a lot going on and I think a lot of supports were needed just to ensure that they got over the line successfully. And yep. again, they were very happy with the support, but it took a lot of extra work to get that in place.
0: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> as we go forward, Nuala, um, so let's think about, it, it sounds like you, you your, your folks did an excellent job that the university really tried to make it work and that your students uh, seem to be <clears throat> satisfied with, com- with completing the semesters, or completing the courses as best mm-hmm. as possible. But mm-hmm. looking toward the future then, right? Um, what uh, what have you learned about what might happen in the future with your programs, especially in terms of online and blended learning? Yes, well,
1: I mean, the reality of of next term is, is very much so in our minds, uh, due to the governance restrictions and the social distancing requirements, it is unlikely that at the center of the university, the full-time programs will be run in the same way. There will be a hybrid model. So that's for sure. Uh, At the Center for adult Learning for our students who are already studying part-time and already in a blended mode, we've made the decision to move all semester one teaching to fully online. So at least in that way, we can assure continuity of service and safety for our students and our staff. Um, But I think looking forward and Uh, For some, the possibility of teaching online might have never been considered. Uh, That's, I suppose, what pandemics do. They make us think differently. But I suppose one of the advantages of of online learning is for for the full-time student or the part-time student, it does allow them to choose when and where they wish to learn. And and I suppose students have diverse learning needs and this was always the case whether they were in the the traditional classroom mode or whether they were taught via online learning. And uh, my own view is that like a well-designed online course will allow the students to engage with course materials in multiple ways. So whether we offer it in a recorded presentation, whether it's on PDF or through a podcast like this, or whether it's a webinar or a discussion forum, that there's such a variety of opportunity to engage with materials uh, in a, at a flexible pace that it will benefit many learners, not just the part-time right. learner that we would normally provide this type of learning to. And I think it, it, it will also enable them to develop skills of, say, self-reflection and also independent learning. And I think that's something that's maybe we need to consider more so that what we talked about earlier about, you know, opportunities for students to maybe engage with the materials in advance of a class, maybe to prepare and to to review them so that when they come to, whether it's a scheduled live lecture in a face-to-face setting or a live online, that they're in a more prepared state yes. and that when they attend, that they arrive with valuable knowledge and that they could share it in different ways with their with their peers. And I suppose when we think about, if we are thinking of blended and online learning and if when we do schedule those live interactions, that perhaps it gives us a, a better opportunity to focus on maybe the real world application of learning yes. or or just an opportunity to consolidate the theory and the concepts and having the understanding that the students have read the course material and that this is the opportunity to fine tune the learning. Um, So I think it can improve learning outcomes and it can certainly foster a community of learning amongst course participants and create more independent learners. So that's one benefit in the future, the, well, in the very near future, I think Right. Yeah.
0: And yeah I, oh, you said a, a lot there, Nula, in terms of, okay, so, right, we want, uh, you know, the desired outcome um, is that our students uh, really become more self-directed learners, right? And so, you know, you and I work in the adult learning world, so we feel like adults, understand that, but I think all students need to understand the idea of how to become better self-directed learners, right? And so it sounds like you gave your instructors some opportunities to help develop those skills, both for themselves and for the students, right? And said something really wonderful in terms about reflection. Mm. Reflection in terms of we need to sort of digest that information, right, and in the content and think about what we're learning, why we're learning it. And I think that helps be, helps us become better self-directed learners, right? Because we understand where are the gaps in our knowledge or where we need to seek more information from. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I, I think uh, that was wonderful that you you shared that with us. So how are you ensuring, you know, it sounds very, you're trying to prepare your instructors and and students as best as possible. How are you ensuring that they are using a variety of tools or um, instructional strategies to help build these uh, better online or blended classrooms?
1: Yeah, Well, well, that's an interesting question because as I mentioned, uh, most of our courses are already in the blended format, and the face to face interaction is the part that we now have to consider moving to the fully online format. So okay. I think that's our challenge over the summer to uh, having had the materials developed in advance, which is fantastic. The part that needs the shift or the pivot is around the the, the notion of the instructor delivering content uh, to, to supporting and guiding the construction of knowledge. And I think the communication piece is the one uh, that we need to consider what tools we could use for that and at least get our instructors thinking about that. So in the sense that there are opportunities for communication, I think that would be the big one. And there are opportunities to do that either synchronously or asynchronously. And on the asynchronous side, we're we're looking to use discussion boards in a greater extent than perhaps before. And considering that they will, the students will have viewed content and listened to whether materials or podcasts or viewed PowerPoints with voiceover, that the opportunity to reinforce that learning will be through maybe some discussion forums and activities where students will be required to, to to contribute to a topic, respond to each other. Uh, we may even get groups of learners to take control of those discussion yeah. boards and be the, the person who summarizes the thread or somebody who yeah. leads it. So th- those techniques are good. Um, on the synchronous side, when we do have a live session, we would like it to be about the added value of learning. And again, more active discussion and um, taking the opportunity that while they're actually in situ uh, in a live environment, that it adds an opportunity for them to give their input and their experience. But there's also other ways, I suppose, including thinking about the tools in Blackboard or in any of the virtual learning environments, like we can get them to engage and we can get them to consolidate the learning by things like live quizzes or to do polling, live polling through a lecture yes. so that we can see if they're they're they're, they're listening. The, the live chat function is a great one as well to yes. get engagement. So somebody may not wish to take the mic on li- online, but they may wish to give a chat and input there. So I, th- there's a lot of tools that we need to think about differently so we can get the students to, to work with us and to to, to build that sense of community. Mm-hmm. And even things like, you know, coffee threads sitting outside the module is good to build community or other ways which we find are good is for students to hear the voice of the, the instructor. So even little, um, a mini video going In around yep. content of the module we find good. Um, it gets students to hear the lear- to hear the uh, voice of the instructor and to know how it is set up, uh, how the module or how the class is set up online, and to know what to expect where. Right. The learning materials right. are.
0: Yeah, and the course um, overview or the the weekly yeah. overview. Yes, very good. Hmm. Well, we've learned a lot from you this morning, Nula, in terms of how you handled the uh, pandemic and and helped um, in terms of completing courses or teaching courses and also um, exams and and assessments. Mm -hmm. Um, I've also heard that you're looking forward to um, developing some of these strategies to help uh, in the coming months right with the online and blended learning even though you've been very involved in blended learning thinking about um, um, how that might be um, improved in the future in terms of connecting and engaging with the students. So I thank you for that. Do you have any final thoughts on uh, the future of learning um, and what we should think about in general? Yeah, well I suppose
1: I feel myself that there is then maybe an over-reliance on the, the large classes and the lecture-based delivery format, even without side a pandemic. So I, I feel that this gives us an opportunity to just think differently about how we deliver our classes. And then when we do have the, uh, the beauty of having people in the same room, that we just think about that interaction differently. So rather than regurgitate content that they could have read prior to the class, that they could be used for more active learning. And certainly within the adult world, as you're very aware, they like to share their experiences and they like to apply the learning. So um, those interactions are a great opportunity to get people to think about what they've learned and what learning scenarios they can and work scenarios they can implement that learning in into. And yeah. I suppose I, I'm often struck by, particularly now over the last couple of months, working remotely and what students experience studying remotely and what are those skills? And, I, you know, really, they're they're really simple skills that I think building study, obviously, around the work has always been the the mantra or the the sales pitch, if you like, of flexible and online learning. But really, I think that online learning and remote working and the skills that you need for being organised you know, meeting deadlines, the need for really good written communication skills are embedded in online learning and are skills we need to develop in people, whether it's for learning or for remote working. And I think yeah. community is a big piece that's needed in online learning. Uh, so it's about staying connected, whether you're with your instructor and your fellow students or maybe staying connected with the team that you work with, that again, seeing learning as very real place and developing skills for life, for work or for study. I think they're the kind of opportunities we should be looking for now when we think about the future of learning and I suppose building those learning opportunities into the workplace and into the skills we develop as professional learners.
0: Yes. Oh wow, thank you Nuala. Yes, those skills are going to be important, right, for the future of lifelong learning. So thank you very much for sharing your thoughts with us this morning. We've been speaking with Nuala McGuinn at National University of Ireland, the Director for Center for Adult Learning and Professional Development. Thank you, Nuala.
1: Thank you, Leslie. It's been a pleasure to talk to you. Thank you.